For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The Carolina Panthers closed out the friendly season with a great loss. Who cares about the final score? Bryce Young led a couple of scoring drives, including a touchdown to Adam Thielen. He looked good. He can't slide. Clearly didn't play baseball as a kid. Joe Person from The Athletic covers the Panthers, joins us on The Adam Gold Show. Were you a baseball player back in the You looked like a baseball player back in the day. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, I grew up in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. You didn't have any choice. We were all little league players. (laughs) I bet you could slide better than Bryce. You know what? I knew how to slide. Um, That was an interesting conversation we had with him after the game. Um, And he said, he said, look, he was kind of joking about it. He said, I didn't play baseball. Clearly, I need some sliding lessons. But all joking aside, they have to protect their number one overall pick. Yeah. Um, we, we've talked a lot, Adam, about his size and his frame. And, um, yeah, just going out and <laughs> sitting down on the turf just not seem like a, an ideal situation. Victoria said it looked like Duck, Duck, Goose. <laughs> like just... That's a great and I wish I'd thought of that Friday night when I was writing my story. It was fantastic. All right, let's talk about the good because uh, I think there was a lot of good, obviously, from those t- first two drives. Clearly, there is some chemistry with Adam Thielen. Uh, Thielen even uh, probably was a little late turning around on a back shoulder throw uh, that went through uh, through his hands over just over his helmet. Uh, but obviously, there was uh, there was that. There also looked like they made a concentrated effort to be more of a throwing unit the first two drives before Andy Dalton took over. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, I like in that game Friday night, uh, kind of everything we saw from Bryce. He was precise with most of his passes. He had a couple that he missed. Right. Um, you mentioned the scramble or you mentioned the, the lack of a slide, but we saw him three different times make plays with his feet. And mm-hmm. in, in, like you said, just two series, it was not a big window. We had not seen that this summer. Uh, we hadn't seen it at camp. We hadn't seen it in the preseason games. And we didn't see it a lot at, at Alabama. Like, they don't want him. They're not going to be running read option like <laughs> the Panthers yeah. did with camp. Like, they, they can't expose Bryce Young to, to, to many, you know, uh, unnecessary hits. However, you he does have the ability to slide around. He has what they call pocket mobility. And all three of those runs he had against the Lions, albeit against the Lions' second-team defense, all three of them picked up first downs. Two of them came on third down. Mm-hmm. Adam Thielen said after the game, that's how you sustain drives. That's how you score in the NFL. It isn't always going to be pretty. Sometimes you've got to make plays and have your quarterback move the chains with his feet, and that was encouraging to see uh, from Bryce Young. He had – I think what you're referring, he had pocket presence where he was able to feel the rush, except for one time. Um, he was able to feel the rush, 
And it's just a subtle move, being able to change speeds, you know, like stop, start, let the defense kind of flow past him and then cut up. Uh, and he was very good at that. He was good at that at Alabama. And when you could do that as an NFL quarter, especially as a rookie, he played with a lot of poise, I thought. It was, it, he also seemed to be moving some things around. I thought, I thought there was a lot good. The one bad throw, maybe to right, number 83, where he had him, but over just overthrew it. I don't think Wright was all that interested in going up after it, which I don't blame him because it was a dangerous situation, but he had him. Yeah, he did. I remember the play you were talking about. I think I used the expression alligator arms in the, <laughs> in the press box. Um, listen, we've seen just about, I, I, and I think Frank Reich has seen just about everything he'd hoped to see from Bryce Young this summer, starting with his mastery of the play, I won't say mastery, with his quick study of the yeah. playbook. This is a complex playbook. Like Reich's offense alone has some intricacies, but then you you have Thomas Brown bringing a portion of the Rams playbook with him from L.A. And you had we heard offensive players, even a couple. I remember Brian Burns saying, "Look." I'm not in the offensive meetings, but I know that that offense is pretty complex, and Bryce has picked up picked it up very quickly. So it started with that, and then just and you and I've talked about this, I think, after OTAs or minicamp, just his presence and the way he was so humble, and yep. he was confident without being a cocky jerk about it, and that really impressed the veteran teammates. That like, here's this number one overall pick. He can't. He came in here, and he's yeah. We know he knows he's good, but he doesn't act like it. And I think that was impressive. And then, really, the most important thing is what he did between the white lines. And still, a lot to prove. Look, they played three meaningless games yeah. in August, the last of which against a second-team defense. But certainly, I think if they can protect Bryce Young, he's going. I'm not saying they're going to the playoffs, right. but he looks like he can be the, the franchise quarterback that the Panthers hoped he would be. I don't think there's any question about that. Joe Person from The Athletic at Joseph Person on X. All right. Something that obviously has been a bit of an issue in the preseason has been uh, protection at left tackle. Ike Aquano did get run around uh, on the sack. Uh, your thoughts on that? Other than that, was Iquanu better, uh, or did they give him a little help? How did that work out? So, yeah, he had Icky had a rough preseason. I think he ended up giving up two sacks and four pressures total in not a lot of action. I mean, it wasn't like he was out there the same amount of time Bryce was. So basically two series, all three games. Right Now, I'm willing to give Icky the benefit of the doubt because we saw this a little bit last year. He had his growing pains week one against Brown's all-pro edge rusher, Miles Garrett, as you remember. And then after that, he settled in and had a very solid rookie year. Did they help him sometimes on third down with a tight end or running back? Sure they did, but not all the time. I I don't think Aquano is going to be a problem. I, I mean, I did pose the question, do they have an Icky Aquano problem? I don't think so. I mean, I, 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 I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. 
We saw, you know, the seeds being sown last year. He's first of all, a he's a terrific run blocker. Yep. Always has been, dating back to Providence Day and NC State. And I think, you know, I think, I think the pass blocking w- will be there. I mean, it has to be. I mean, you know, that that <laughs> was a, as we've talked about. Scott yeah. Fitter wanted to get this offensive line right before he dropped in a, a number one overall pick behind it. And I, they, they still feel good about Icky Aquana. Oh, I, th- there's, I think the biggest reason to feel good about him is that he's a very smart kid. So he, he knows. He knows where his uh, deficiencies lie. I'm sure he'll work hard uh, to overcome them. And Frank Reich is also smart. So if they have to provide him a little bit of help, even with a chip from a running back or a tight end initially, uh, I think they can do that. Uh, what concerns might you have about the roster as we get closer to the waiver day uh, when teams are going to be letting players go that they can't keep? Maybe somewhere that the Panthers can get better. Adam Golden studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. I was on your website, and I love the term financial termites because there are always things eating at your money that you can't see. So you don't want financial termites. Termites in the financial world are risk, fees, unnecessary commissions. All the bad things that we see and we hear about on TV are happening many times inside your portfolio you don't see. So you need a financial exterminator. Well, for the next 10 of you to call, we'll put together for you your very own total retirement plan at no cost. Call 888-843-0013. Or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. So their wide receivers are beat up now. The, the tricky thing, they had three guys missing Friday night, one of whom, LaVisca Cheneau, told me after the game, he'll be back this week out of the concussion protocol. So, yeah. so then you're down to only two. Uh, Terrace Marshall and DJ Chark, both of whom are, you know, they're key pieces. It's hard, Adam, this time of year to, to – they don't they, – all the teams, one, are, are very cautious because they want to get to the starting line week one. And then, two, if one of them happens to be hurt more than they're letting on, they don't want that out because right. it hurts their, their leverage as they hit the waiver wire or talk to teams about picking up a wide receiver. I, I tend to think – None of them are season ending, and I don't. They may all be ready for week one, but that's an area. And, and I wrote about this today in the Athletic because I think they also would like to try to upgrade at returner, and so that's either usually a wide receiver, right, or sometimes a running back. Right. But I, I think I would not be surprised to see them pick up a, a, either a back or a receiver that doubles as a returner. Um, and beyond that, uh, I think a cornerback could be a, a possibility. I know they just signed Troy Hill, who's got some age on him. I think getting a younger guy kind of to, to pair with Troy Hill behind J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson. I mean, both those guys have, have now – I mean, I know it's only two years for J.C. Horn, but he's, you know, developing an injury history. Yeah. And so you want to be deep at corner and then – Maybe along the lines, something. But there's always talk about what a team's going to do. And and Scott Bitter will. I mean, this Mm -hmm. the the cuts they announce, the roster they announce tomorrow will not be what they take to Atlanta week one. But it's not, like, going to change significantly. But those are a couple spots I would look at. Yeah, this is the way I looked at it um, last week. And Joe Person from The Athletic is joining us here. 
if I'm a defensive coordinator and I use the Bill Belichick theory, who do I have to take away? And I'm not sure that person exists. Maybe that's good because, you know, if, if we, if there's not somebody specifically, I need to remove from the equation for you to make you beat me, as my friend Steve Logan would say, beat me left-handed. Uh, maybe that's good, but I don't see that player on the, you know, on the offense for Carolina. Totally agree with you. I, I think, I think they have a deeper receiving group, mm-hmm. but they don't have the DJ Moore type of guy who, you know, I know he never went to a Pro Bowl here, but he was an 1,100-yard receiver just about every year. Right. Except and, and just missed it, I think, last year. And so, that right, that was a guy that, that defensive coordinators had to account for. Um, Hayden Hurst, uh, you know, I, I don't know that you really – I, I like Hayden Hurst, and I think they're going to get him in some nice mismatches at, at the, from that tight end position on a safety or an outside linebacker. But to your point, that's not keeping defenses up at night. And so maybe that guy doesn't exist. Right. And, you know, I, Jonathan Mingo has done some things this preseason as a rookie out of Ole Miss. That feels like that would be a stretch for him to, to, to become the number one guy sort of overnight. Right. But, yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's another reason why when – when a lot of the Panther fans are, are bullish on the playoffs and they're in a, and I get it, they're in a weak division. I mean, they, they'll probably hang around in contention just, you know, match organically. <laughs> but, but I, I do pump the brakes a little bit for several reasons. One of which, not the least of which is what you mentioned about there not being anybody outside of Bryce, maybe yeah. that's, that scares you. All right, final thing for Joe Person from The Athletic, because you you alluded to the division. Um, And I know fans are desperate. Fans are desperate. Nine wins might be enough to give you a chance, maybe a tiebreaker, to win the division. How do you see it shaking out? Who who do you think the best team is in the NFC South? I've been having this conversation with our columnist in Atlanta, Jeff Schultz, and he – He's not sold on the Saints, and and I get it. It feels like they're the trendy pick just because of Derek Carr. Right. Derek Carr hadn't won a lot in this league. I mean, no. he's a fine quarterback. He puts up stats. Um, I like the Saints' defense, but they're old, and and those those kind of guys, when it goes, it goes quickly. You, you that production falls off a cliff, right. and and you know, frankly, yeah, you. That you got to keep an eye on that where, where Justin Houston is concerned with the Panthers and their you know their late addition here this summer. Um, so set, having said all that, I picked the Saints to win. Schultz picked the Falcons. We both had the Panthers in the hunt with like eight wins. And I made that prediction back in May when the schedules came out. If I were making it today, I'd be right. I'd probably be seven and ten or eight and nine. So okay. Somewhere in that ballpark. I think if you can get to nine and eight, you got a shot. Ten, ten no. wins, ten wins, and you are cruising home. <laughs> I, I believe. Joe well, per- Schultz had Schultz had the Falcons with ten wins, and I said I don't think anyone in this division gets to ten. Well, if, I, it, I think I think nine and eight wins. Yeah, I agree with you. If if they get to ten again, uh, they are resting starters 
in week 17 of or week 18. It's not week 17. It's week 18 of the season. Uh, at Joseph Person on X, my friend, I appreciate your time. Be well. All right, buddy. Have a great week. You too. Joe Person here on the Adam Gold Show. All right, we're going we're gonna to get into week one of the college football season because finally it's here. We're done with all the the scrimmages. We're done with the, with the media stuff. And now we get to see how it all looks. And if you think about what the ACC is going to show in week one, in weekend one, There is an ACC game every night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night, five straight nights. The ACC will be featured in arguably the game of the night. State, UConn, among the most, the biggest games on Thursday night. Is it a national game? Of course not. CBS Sports uh, Network will have that game. Because the uh, because UConn is an independent, and they control the TV rights of that one. Uh, but it's a great game for the Wolfpack to play in game one. Then you've got Friday, Georgia Tech and Louisville. Not that Georgia Tech's so good, because they're not. And I don't even know how good Louisville is. But I do know this, Louisville's schedule's super easy. And they've got a, well, both teams have brand new head coaches. Uh, but... Uh, this is this is the year that Louisville is supposed to kind of start coming back as an ACC power would be a stretch, but factor is not a stretch. For it wasn't just Lamar Jackson, right? They had, they had quarterbacks before Lamar and after Lamar that were capable quarterbacks. Louisville needs to be good. It's too much interest. It's too much money in that program for Louisville to be bad. It did not work out for Scott Satterfield. Just didn't. He was unhappy as soon as he got there. As soon as he got there, he was trying to leave. He left App State, got the big gig at Louisville, and then he just obviously did not like it for whatever reason. But Louisville needs to be good. It's part of the reason why ACC football has been down. Because Louisville has not been good. Just like Miami has not been good. Like Virginia Tech has not been good. Until last year, like Florida State has not been good. So you've got that game on Friday. Then Saturday night, Carolina versus South Carolina in Charlotte. An enormous game for the league. Obviously a big game for North Carolina. They do not get a second chance to make a first impression. We'll just use the old commercial phrase. Carolina's cake will be baked Saturday night. No getting getting around it. You win that game. You look good doing it. Look, nobody expects Carolina's defense to shut down anybody. Your offense comes out and looks the part. Drake May looks the part of a Heisman Trophy contender. Of course, everybody is uh, lagging well behind Sam Hartman at this point, he says facetiously. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
You're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But if Carolina looks the part on offense and they win the game, then it's not like you have two easy games. You host app. I mean, you could lose that. And you host Minnesota. You could lose that. But at least you have gotten over the first hurdle. Knock that one down. Now, does it make a difference what happens in the next two weeks? You would have already laid the egg. Because while I'm not saying Carolina's got an easy schedule, because the trip to Pittsburgh isn't going to be easy. That is also a losable game. Carolina's schedule, I know Mac Brown complained about the end of it. There are roadblocks throughout all of it. But if they can get off to a good start, they've already started to basically write a different story for them this upcoming season. Remember how it didn't go well Sam Howell's second year, really. Right? They had all of the success in year one, and then he came out, the Heisman hype and all of that, and it went the other way. It wasn't his fault. I, mean, I don't think he was as good, but it wasn't really his fault. The team kind of fell apart around him. Well, the team can't do that with Drake May. Sunday is Florida State and LSU. Top 10 matchup. LSU, Florida State both have designs of being there when it's all over at the end in January. Realistic or not, both programs believe they belong. We'll find out in game one, but at least Florida State in week four gets to go to Clemson. So if it doesn't work out, you have the chance at the ultimate rewrite for Florida State. That's Sunday night, and then Monday night, Duke at little old Wallace Wade gets to play host to little old Clemson. And I don't believe there will be a ton of Clemson fans there. Labor Day weekend, coming up from... South Carolina to Durham, I guess some people will. What you're counting on if you're Duke? Students. Pack the place with students. Uh, but I think we're going to find out a lot about what Duke is going to be this year. Labor Day night. It's a pretty good week of ACC football in week one. There are other games, too. I mean, uh, apps opening up the season, what, against Gardner-Webb, right? Um, and ECU goes to Michigan. We're going to talk about that more uh, a couple of times this week. Uh, but Jim Zoki, the new voice of the Panthers, is going to join us. To, um, Panthers. He is the voice, of the, one of the voices of the yeah. Panthers, but also the new voice of the Pirates. He's going to join us tomorrow. We'll talk about ECU's trip to Ann Arbor, and we'll get his thoughts on what he saw from Bryce Young in the last friendly. So that's where we are. Week one, we're really here. There are meaningful football games to watch, and that's cool. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. 
Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.